Have you ever heard of the Great Cranberry Scandal? The 1957, 1958, and 1959 crops had high amounts of herbicide aminotriazole, a chemical that causes cancer in lab rats. Why do you think you haven't heard of it? Because the agricultural industry hides it. But one woman shined a light on the whole hazardous situation. Those who dwell among the beauties and mysteries of the earth are never alone or weary of life. A quote by Rachel Carson. And this is Unusual Women. Welcome to the show. This is Unusual Woman with Brogan and Michaela. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about Rachel Carson, an environmentalist that changed the agricultural industry. Rachel Carson was born in on May 27, 1907 in a farm in Springdale, Pennsylvania. I love Pennsylvania. Why do I love Pennsylvania, it's Brogan? Home state. It's my home state. Best state ever. Well, you know, I'm glad something happened. I love <laughs> Pennsylvania. Carson grew up exploring her 65-acre farm. She was an avid reader and writer. She actually had her first piece published in the St. Nicholas Magazine at the age of 10. That oh. was more than I was doing at 10. Okay, so Rachel had an extensive list of academic and work credits and accomplishments. Um, she attended the Pennsylvania College for Women, now known as Chapman University. Sorry. She studied English and biology. Next, she did a summer at the Marine Biology Laboratory and then studied zoology and genetics at John Hopkins. Yes, she got her master's degree in zoology and genetics, which that's amazing. Huh? Yeah. More master's degrees than I'll ever have. You don't know that. You don't know that yet. Yeah, you're right. All right. <laughs> Confidence is key. So the Great Depression hit the Carson family really hard. Uh, her father passed away, um, and actually later her sister passed away too, and she became the breadwinner for the family. She ended up having to take a temporary job at the U.S. Bureau of Fisheries. This would be the job that actually changed her life. So Rachel's work at the Bureau um, was recognized by her hires, her higher-ups, and she was actually the second woman to get a full-time job at the Bureau. She began studying DDTs and pesticides in 1945, um, but she didn't actually publish her first work on the DDTs and their effects on the environment until 1962. All right, so let's talk about DDTs. What does DDT stand for? So DDT stands for, we're probably going to say this very wrong, for dipchloro dip something. What is it? I'm going to try it. Dipchloro dipphenyl trichlorothan. Nope. Tri trichlorothan. That's why they make acronyms, everybody, so you don't have to try. So DDT is a... Uh, pesticide that basically was known as the insect bomb because they would drop it and like everything would die <laughs> which destroyed whole ecosystems huge and ecosystems in all over the world and it's a bad bad chemical yeah because as we know today even with the dying bee population if you take one insect out of the equation you set off an entire chain reaction that can just destroy a whole right. ecosystem a whole right whole an area. amazing uh Example of that specifically for DDT is actually in Borneo, which is now called Malaysia. 
um, which is, well, who'd have known I'd be going back to my higher geography days. Um, but it's actually, so they drop DDT to kill all the mosquitoes to kill the malaria. And then that in turn, like the fish ate the dead bugs and then they got the stuff and then something else ingested that and they all died. And then there was a massive rat problem. So they dropped cats from the sky to kill all the rats. It just became this huge, like, butterfly effect of bad Let's also take a moment to visualize cats from the sky. They did. They parachuted them down in crates. It's like raining cats and dogs, but missing the dogs and somehow scarier. I, cats falling is scary. They've got like claws. I mean, they were in crates. We're getting very, very I know, but I'm thinking right about cats. Okay. All right. So she actually also did a lot of uh, speaking at the White House, the Senate, and Congress. Yes, she testified in front of Congress in regards to the effects of pesticides and fertilizers on the environment and on the ecosystem. And she's actually credited by a few different people in the government for being part of the reason that we have such a big—they were encouraging, like, the environmental protections— Situations. Yeah, she was known for being one of the leaders of the first grassroots environmental movement, uh, which one said it still exists today. Yeah. Her work was also published in the Yale Review, Science Digest, Oxford University Press, and The New Yorker. So she actually wrote a whole bunch of books as well. So there's three books in total. Um, her first two were more prose about marine life and talking about how marine life from Maine to Florida, but in regards to a narrative versus technical terms. Um, but she's most well known for her final book, which was Silent Spring, which was published in September 27, 1962, which is actually the book that got her in front of the Senate and got her in front of these presidents in order to actually like combat this disaster that was happening and the agricultural industry responded to her book which they called it nonsensical they went after her character her personal character of course because that's what they always do and they went after her scientific studies as well uh, in terms of going after her character though uh, a letter written by Ezra Taft Benson to President Dwight D. Eisenhower uh, said that despite her physical attraction Rachel is unmarried so she's probably a communist what is with Americans and communists I, I don't I don't know. I mean, I know, but at the same time, I don't get it. <laughs> so despite all of this and these attacks on her, she still had a ton of support from the science community, which makes sense because it was scientifically founded. And all of this success led to the Environmental Defense Fund, which brought the lawsuits to reduce the use of DDT. Yeah, so this group uh, was heavily funded and was able to get these court cases seen, get them advertised, get people on it, different lawyers, and actually fight the cases. Yeah. Um, during her final years of life, she was fighting breast cancer, um, but she was still working. She didn't want to appear weak. Um, she did pass on April 14th, 1964, the age of 52. But despite her dying, her work didn't actually stop. Rachel Carson got the attention of Vice President Al Gore in 1992, and he credited her for her initial interest in the environment, a point that was a major focus of his platform. So Rachel first discovered DDTs in 1945. That's when she first started studying it and found this information. But she wasn't able to actually do anything about it because a lot of funding had been taken away from the environmental programs and the U.S. Bureau of Fisheries uh, to be done for war efforts, such as the Manhattan Project. So they actually nicknamed the DDT project the insect bomb as like a satirical, punny way of calling the project. Uh, 
because they were actually working on the atom bomb. Yes. Um, So then it kind of leads to the question of if they hadn't taken the money away from the U.S. Bureau of Fisheries and Wildlife, would we be further along? Would we be further along Um, in the environmental issues? I think we would. I think I do think that in 1945, if the use of GDT had been reduced significantly because of this fund, then it would actually have made a difference because that would have meant that those ecosystems that had been used for the next 20 years before it was actually reduced would had have had a chance to grow. Maybe the we'd envir- still be here. <laughs> we'd st- we, like, yeah, would still be here. Maybe we'd have less endangered animals. Maybe bees would be still okay. Also, Maybe. the whole system affects, because, uh, I mean, it was for agriculture, uh, that affects our food. Right. The amount of people that probably got sick or got yeah. cancer from DDT use, we'll never know. And we could have saved a lot of people in our own country. Right. That if it happened, I can't even do the math, 60 years ago, 70 years ago at this point, like, would that have then meant that they'd have figured out in advancements from taking that out? how to produce food in a natural, natural safe yeah. and sustainable way. Right. Probably. Probably, but we will also, never know. Also climate change might be less of a thing. We could have had a better uh, carbon footprint. Probably yeah. just would have been better. Yeah. But we we are not on that that you know, timeline. Coulda woulda shoulda. Mhm. Just means we have to work harder now. So Rachel Carson um, was someone that actually was introduced to me in the sense of I was talking to someone about this idea that we had for a podcast and they brought her up and I had no idea who she was. And the more I've looked into her, the more I personally got so frustrated about the fact that she wasn't, her research wasn't used at the time that it was being done or that that was put off. And I think that she really is someone that was a huge influence. Her entire life is a career into something that we're now paying attention to and the fact that she's so overlooked and because she was back then is astounding to me so I think that she was a very important person to include in this and yes I also found something interesting that her book Silent Spring is required reading at some high schools in New York City you know it should be I think that's really great and I can't believe I hadn't heard of her sooner I'm so glad to hear from now Rachel Carson Thank you for everything. Yep. So this has been Unusual Women. Thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned for our next episode. We want to thank Sterling Nichols for our music. We want to thank Barogan right here for our graphics. And most importantly, we want to thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us. If you have anybody that you'd want to suggest for us to research, please, please, please send it in. We appreciate all feedback and all suggestions. Thank you so much. And so you can send those in just to make sure by the comments in any type of our social media or on this post itself. You can also email it to us. You can submit it via our website, which will be in our blurb. So, yeah, please make sure you're sending in people that you think would be a great fit for this. We are always happy to research and find more women in regards to this. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye. (laughs)